separated by Cosmic Cabinets. Brandon, Paul, and Logan are broadcasting the Breakdown. This is the Nintendo Stuff Podcast. The Nintendo Stuff Podcast live using their telepathic powers. My name is Brandon Miracle, broadcasting live from the Breakroom Arcade. If you look south of me in the video version, you'll see the wonderful face of Paul Anderson, broadcasting live from my basement. If you look to the right of me in the video version, you'll see the wonderful face of Logan Welliver, broadcasting live from the Breakroom Bedroom. This is the Nintendo Stuff Podcast, where we talk about all things Nintendo. Uh, We are doing a special episode today, uh, recorded live on this was the 28th. 27th. July 27th. I came prepared. I got you, fam. So this is a special episode dedicated to our patrons. We asked our patrons to give us a topic um, for our podcast. Um, Actually, we asked them to do a topic for the Breakdown podcast, but it kind of ended up being a topic for a Nintendo stuff podcast. So here we are. Um, So we asked Devin and Santiago what they wanted to talk about, and they were interested in esports. So starting with Devin's question, he said... How about Nintendo's opening to esports competition? Sakurai was dismissive of the community back in the day, but with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, it seems that competition is being highlighted. This is also the case with Splatoon 2. Uh, so, this is an interesting case with Smash Brothers because I'm looking at some of the articles that like Sakurai has been talking about, the competitive community for Smash Brothers, he still seems kind of dismissive about it. But if you look at his actions despite what he says, you can tell like it's a different story altogether. I, I feel like people misconstrue Sakurai's meaning when he talks about competition. He's not mm-hmm. talking down about competition necessarily. He, he's more saying that competition is not what Super Smash Brothers is about just inherently. That's not the mm-hmm. way he sees it, but he understands that people see the game differently um, and they all have their own ways that they want to play it, and he wants to appease to as many of those people at the same time that he possibly can. Uh, that said, um, there, he can only go so far. Um, some of the limitations that we saw in Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS actually had to deal with the fact that the game was on 3DS. In fact, the speed of that game would be the speed that we're seeing in Ultimate if it hadn't been for the 3DS in the first place. Um but he's doing some stuff to make it a little flashier for people on stage, like the 1v1 stock mm-hmm. counter that shows up when you finish people off, the new camera mechanics when you hit somebody really hard. Um, so it definitely seems like he's leaning more. This game more. is meant to show. Yeah. Um, that said, like from a mechanical more. from a mechanical like standpoint, we're... I don't really think that he's giving us that much <laughs> more than we typically have. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Sakurai is still just doing what Sakurai does. Right. I don't think that's changing. I feel like this game is going to show well, and that's one of the things that I don't think Nintendo has really done too well with their esports games yet. Like to a degree, you need the game to show well because it's meant for other people to watch. And I feel like we're getting there with this. Like Splatoon Two, um, it's definitely a step in the right direction, and it definitely has like those that competitive nature to it um you see like teams working together and like it's a game that if you're not working together it falls apart really quickly especially when you're playing against people who are yeah it definitely has that balance and i feel like smash has always kind of had that balance and now he's just adding that like visual flair to it and so it's something that like if especially if the modes kind of help reinforce this you have good like modes for people um like in the scene to um, make it easier to start up tournaments and whatnot that, you know, it's going to show well. The the thing about that though, is that Sakurai is really not making changes 
Um, he's made a few changes from a mechanical standpoint, but he's not making changes that uh, fans are really asking for. He's just adding things to make it look good on stage and not doing things mm-hmm. that are going to make the players have a better time. <laughs> Um, so you could argue that he's catering to the competitive scene by not catering to the competitive scene. Uh, he's making changes that don't affect everybody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a game like this too, how are you going to get people into the competitive scene if the game is this technical? It's going to take a lot more for players to kind of break through that barrier and get really good at this and competitive, where if he makes it a little bit more accessible which he definitely has um i think we're really going to see the whole smash scene just kind of explode with this next game it's going to be kind of like that splatoon 2 feeling where like you see families going out and playing competitively and i feel like maybe we won't necessarily see families playing smash competitively but i think we'll see a lot larger crowds a lot more diversity in those crowds yeah no i think you're right um quickly saying hi to everybody in chat because oh boy there's a lot of you um yeah i mean outside of smash brothers i think you're right splatoon 2 is definitely competitive centric um but again it's like it's not really nintendo as a whole as much as it is just the developers behind each game from an individual standpoint um Mm -hmm. nintendo is supporting these competitions but i feel like that's largely nintendo of america when it comes to uh super smash brothers and definitely nintendo of japan when it comes to splatoon it's really hard to group all of these things together because we're kind of split between the two territories and how things are handled uh, yeah. This weekend, we have the UK is actually getting their own Splatoon 2 and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate tournaments. Um, so that, that you know, that's another pillar of, of these various areas of Nintendo that don't exactly mesh, you know? Yeah, I'd like to kind of see what they do with the Open, where it, I'm not quite sure what their process was, but they brought someone from every region so that everyone was represented there in the finals. And I like that a whole lot, and I feel like that's something that they should do more of. Kind of let each branch kind of handle it on their own to figure out who's the top in that region, but then bring the regions together and have a unified, you know, stage show. For sure. I think that's that's a great way to do it, too. Um, Logan, you've been kind of quiet on the matter. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I don't know listening to you guys talk i mean you guys obviously i I don't know i don't really have much of an opinion Mm. um other than like i guess it's about time (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like i'm surprised that nintendo didn't jump on this a little bit sooner uh then you know okay and here's the switch okay now we're gonna get more serious about competition and uh, online play and, and things like that but i don't know it's it's something that should happen and, and i hope it in uh, happens more you know we've mm-hmm. talked about nintendo like holding invitationals and championships and that's really good and now they're doing it for more games and they're hyping it up more so i don't know maybe nintendo should just like go all in and just make like leagues you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's kind of what they need to do. Um, I was talking to Brandon before the show about how, like, especially with, like, the Smash community up until now, it feels like everything's just kind of, like, 
it's created in each area by fans who are very dedicated, but it's all kind of separate. There are all these individual little factions of people who are all passionate about the same game. Um, if Nintendo could work to kind of connect all of that together, they'd have this really big competitive community to draw from. Uh, but right now it's just all kind of separated and that's something that if they could find those like competitive modes for online that can unify all these people they do some they, they see a really good turnaround with this uh i i kind of feel bad we I, I didn't even consider arms um arms is also one of their competitive games doesn't reach the, the nearly the audiences that uh super smash brothers and splatoon 2 reach um, mm-hmm. But that's not to say that that audience is being ignored even then. Um, yeah. We had that uh, that arms online tournament that, you know, that we watched. Well, that was months ago now. I think it was before yeah. E3. Yeah. Um, been a while. But they still held it. You had Jordan Kent up on there commentating for it, and it was a good time. Um, yeah. I remember we had a year with, I think, a Smash tournament. Uh, or maybe it wasn't a Smash tournament. We had a Splatoon 2 tournament. We had a Pokken tournament, and I think there was one more tournament on top of that. Um, but they were all during E3, and there was three separate live streams for all of the different tournaments. Um, so I think, moreover, Nintendo is getting more involved in supporting these communities through sponsorship, um, mm-hmm. setting up tournaments for them so that they have a platform to stand on, first of all. And it's showing that uh, Nintendo cares that they exist and wants to give them a stage to fight on. Uh, That being said, we've had some instances in the past where I think there was one year at Evo, Nintendo pulled the plug on letting them even stream Melee online at all, which was a huge upset. That may have been Apex. It was one of those two tournaments. Um, But the reaction was so unbelievably negative that they uh they quickly turned around their decision and let the tournament get streamed live um so uh, they recognize the the power and the strength of these communities and what they mean to the games as they are uh so i think uh, they've shown that like really early on in the switch's lifestyle that their life cycle that that was something that they wanted to work on because i want to say it was in the initial switch trailer didn't it end with like splatoon 2 um like a stage a st- it did. Well, stage stage fight it did it ended with esports for splatoon 2 um yeah. so I mean, I mean that was an american produced trailer uh but i but that trailer was international as far as the switch is concerned um so yeah i i, I do think as a whole nintendo wants to support tournaments more but to how each each different branch of nintendo handles it a little differently um but then again like these places are different and they have their own ways of of playing in the first place uh like mm-hmm. i don't i don't ever expect splatoon 2 to yeah splatoon 2 tournaments here in north america where you see families coming and you know as in fighting as a team as, as right. awesome as that would be this is not the way it is um maybe a parent that sits and watches their kids <laughs> really proudly uh really quick to answer skylander man 360 runner he says do you believe a character will be shown i'm assuming for that uk tournament uh, i'm gonna put a hard no on that not that i don't no. want it to happen it's just uh i feel like that would happen on a bigger platform than a tournament yeah, that it was be... like an international tournament instead yeah. of just like one region 
then pop probably but the tournament doesn't start airing until midnight our time on sunday so that's that's like not something we'll be awake to watch fair that being said unless unless nintendo pulls just whatever that's what i was gonna say you know know, that being said nintendo's weird shulk was announced for super smash brothers for wii u in a japan only direct yeah um, they've done weird stuff before. Yeah, I would just, just not 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 likely. If they yeah. if let's let's entertain the possibility for a second. If with it being UK centric uh, uh, event, I would anticipate a character like Banjo Kazooie, um, some some character that you know has roots in UK, you know, in Europe, some character that was developed and built there, such as Banjo Kazooie. Um, not that, not that I'm saying Banjo is going to be in Smash, but, uh, that's just, that's the way it works in my head canon. <laughs> um, so continuing the conversation, uh, Dream Drop says, I'd love Smash or Splatoon League, but I have the sinking feeling Nintendo would handle it like Blizzard with the Overwatch League where it's super forced, but awful. Like, hey guys, here's our game, please watch, while also not making the game accessible to League players with balancing and such while also forcing it, uh, super hard. Like, nah, man, this character doesn't need to be changed. They're fine. Nah, you can't make a statement about the state of the game. Hey, why are you unhappy with how we run our league? Uh, yeah, I feel like Nintendo would also be like that, where they wouldn't want that conversation happening out loud. That being said, at E3, they were constantly taking notes from the competitive players for Super Smash Bros. And constantly taking um, that perspective and, and seeing what they thought of the game and what needed to be changed. And as far as we know, Sakurai is going to make good on a lot of those. Uh, so who knows? I, I really think that is a developer-by-developer developer kind of thing. They don't yeah. want them to say it on stage, but that doesn't mean they're not going to be saying it backstage. Um, which, unfortunately, doesn't prevent the Smash player, players from then hosting a live stream on Twitter and then talking about everything they said behind closed doors. Which is what happened with the hazard toggle debacle. We weren't supposed to know about that. <laughs> Um, John says, but what about Waluigi? Nintendo says, if I said Nintendo Switch over and over, would blood reach your brain? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Santiago had his own question related to esports that we're going to answer today. He says, uh, maybe you guys could talk about good combat design and what factors contribute to a balanced PvP-based game. What adds to the skill gap? What reduces it? Should the skill gap be wide? Uh, should skill rely on technical ability or game sense, etc. Uh, Paul, I think you you had some insight on this. Yeah, I've been watching a crap ton of um, extra credits, and this is one that they talked about a little bit um, more in like um, how do you get new players to that competitive level? And part of it is you have to give them a strategy. So like in Call of Duty, the noob tube or the Zerg rush, um, things like that that new players can quickly pick up they can kind of fight back to the high level players that have unlocked the good equipment the good guns you know good characters whatever um so you need to have that like little bit of accessibility um with like the noob tube and stuff that's not long term going to be an effective strategy eventually people are going to find their way around you it's not it'll only get you so far and so that's the type of thing that drives players to learn new strategies and learn how to kind of diversify their approach i'm reminded Um, of splatoon 2 like early stage of splatoon 2 everybody thought that rollers were op and then eventually everyone figured out that if you just got out of the way you're not gonna die (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to read all the parts of this question. Do it. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll chime in. Um, I'd say some, I mean, and it's it's pretty easy for something like Rocket League uh, to, to have some of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because it's a team game. And two, because it's it's soccer, right? Um, so soccer just has like this inherent strategy in it, you know? Um, so, so one of the observations I've been making as of late is why when I get into a match, say a 3v3, because that's the main mode, why is it so hard sometimes, uh, or why is like um, a game so unbalanced, right? Uh, especially when they try to match you up like you know with the rankings so it's a big a balanced team uh, some people are just more inherently skilled and some people got up there because they played a lot right mm-hmm. um, but one of the things you cannot do if you want to win is you can't treat it like um, you can't treat it like you're the only player on the field right you can't be the only car you can't constantly be chasing a ball and expect that anything is going to get done and that's why that's why we lose so there's constantly times where i'll find myself in a position where i'm back here i'm on maybe our my side of the field waiting for an opportunity for that ball to come towards me so i can make sure i can get it back onto their side like i'm defending and then also if they are bringing it up the side and it's going to bank around the corner then I want to be in the position front of the goal to make sure that when it rolls past the goal that I can hit it in. But if you're constantly chasing all the time, you know, um, then so you're kind of you're kind of talking about game sense then just having a yeah. natural understanding. So so part of, yeah so so going back to the initial question, um, what what part of the initial question did I want to answer? um good combat design and so i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of taking the whole combat thing outside of just like combat i'm just talking about good design you know mm-hmm. um good gameplay elements uh and so oh man i really i what was on the tail end of that that i got into that i had a point if anybody wants to chime in here at any point uh okay. kind of bouncing off of your rocket league uh this kind of follows into my own opinion on the topic um uh, the last part of the question says should skill rely on technical ability or game sense and uh as, as far as i think for that I, I i think that the game should establish game sense first you should have mm-hmm. a natural understanding of how to play the game so for like uh for smash brothers it's knocking somebody off the field for, for Rocket League, it's scoring a goal. You're playing soccer. And then they attach very simplistic control schemes on top of that. They give you an, a, a very solid and simple goal and very solid and simple controls and ideas. You can go forward, you can go backwards, you can turn, and you can jump in Rocket League. 
In Super Smash Brothers, you can attack, you can jump, and you can recover. You can shield, and that's about it. Um, so you, you establish these very simple concepts, and those concepts are evolved and are deepened yeah. by players' own game sense. I would, mm-hmm. I would even go further uh, as to call those concepts rules, right? You have to establish the rules of the game. Uh, and so for a, a video game, the rules are quite literally, okay, what does what? Okay, the rule is when I press uh, R in Rocket League, I will go. The rule is when I press up or X and Y in Super Smash Bros, I will jump, you know? Mm -hmm. So even something as little as that, so having well-defined controls, uh, having well-mapped controls, because some games, like, it's like, okay, why is the, the button you know layout like this it doesn't make any sense but then other games have like a really really intuitive layout um one of the things that they talk about in extra credits is that simplicity doesn't necessarily make a game easy it doesn't make it (laughs) uh it doesn't make it like non-complex you can have a simple or a game that's very like accessible but it's not simple I have um, an, yeah, an even of... like more baseline example to kind of bounce off of that. Logan, a game that you and I very much enjoyed playing is Samurai Gun. And Samurai Gun is a platformer with oh, like Samurai. three different controls. You swing your sword in any of four directions and you can shoot mm-hmm. a gun. That's it. Your object is to kill the other jump. player. That's Don't it. Forget. Your example yeah. that they use is like you take a game like Street Fighter, which has these very advanced combos. Um, you know, if you're really good at Street Fighter, you're really good, but it takes a lot of that technical ability to get there. Or Smash Brothers, anyone can pick up Smash Brothers and very, very quickly get their bearings on it. Um, you know, the controls are not complicated; they're simple. But if you really want, there is that layer of depth to it where you can get incredible at smash brothers with these simple controls because you have to learn these techniques and so you want to have like i said those simple techniques um, but you want there to be something that forces players to learn the other strategies and you also want there to be a lot of these different strategies and you know have that balance between them where like this works in this situation you know fast character on a large stage versus a heavy character or something like that um, that should essentially that essentially is what makes up the skill gap, and it, to a degree, it should be wide. You want to have a lot of different strategies that players can take into this. Um, I don't think it should necessarily completely rely on technical ability. You want there to be that learning curve to it, but you want it to be something that anyone can pick up this game have something that they can do to stand a chance to kind of come into their own and then just the process where they can develop those skills that's kind of just that's just the development of the meta when uh, when everyone's on the same playing field as far as game sense when they understand the very foundation of the game and the controls are simple and they understand that that's how the meta starts to evolve people start fighting with their heads and not with their hands yeah i mean yeah, I mean, and I, I enjoy games like that because you're always like, the meta is like, okay, I'm going to try and t- anticipate uh, what's going to happen and be prepared for it. Uh, so in Super Smash Bros., that's anticipating, okay, well, um, this guy's playing Link. 
Okay, so he's got a lot of projectiles, so he's going to cover certain areas, and you have to. I'm going to counter with Jigglypuff. Get it around him. Uh, and in Rocket League, it's it's trusting your teammate uh, will do one thing, and then you'll be in the place to do another thing. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, it's, even like you know, I think a lot of games like you go back to the whole simplicity thing. Like I think most games are pretty simple. You know, uh, we. When I think of complex things, I think of things like uh, relationships and world politics and stuff like that. And I think Most of Dead or are... Alive with combo lists in the 100s per character. Yeah. That. Um, <laughs> Most games are pretty simple. Uh, well, like I not... mean, you, you look at, like, the biggest competitive games for viewership, and you're looking at League of Legends and Dota 2, which are not accessible right. at all. Um, no, and they're not. And But they're also, you know, very few compared to, like, the amount of indie platformers there are and mm-hmm. uh, one of the, GTA 5. One of the biggest games in the competitive scene right now is, is Fortnite, and I'd say that's very, very simple. It has yeah, a high and, skill ceiling as far as your ability yes. to press controls and it has quickly. A big meta too, yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. But I, I think most games are they. They usually I see this formula happen where it's like, okay, we got this base. Okay, well, what kind of game is it going to be? Is it going to be a platformer? Is it going to be a shooter? Okay, and then what's its stick? What's its gimmick? Right. Uh, so for like Splatoon, it was like, okay, how can we make uh, a third-person shooter, team shooter, interesting. You know, it's like okay, we can swim through the ink, and then we shoot ink, and we just cover everything. There's different well, goals. Splatoon too, it's that it's uh, you're not necessarily out to kill your opponent. It's there's there's another objective that you're working for. Um, each it, <laughs> you're you're working against another team who's same exact objective but yeah you you watch games combat per se like team fortress 2 and overwatch and you'll see people say play the objective all the time well in those games playing the objective is more focused on killing your opponents and then splatoon 2 really is like they really have developed an objective that does not center on killing people yeah because like the goal if you just killed people all the time i mean if if you're not if you refuse to ink anything else then obviously you're not you're not winning. So. Uh, kind of want to read a couple of the comments. Uh, <laughs> is it IT the Sandman or it the Sandman? Um, either way, it says Jigglypuff, best girl. Got to give that HBox love. Um, Dream Drop says people start fighting with their head is super accurate. Reads, knowing how to counterpick in matchups, etc. Esports are very much are very much faster chess. Yeah, I'd say Tekken is definitely a convoluted, complex fighting game, for instance. Characters have over 100 moves, but how many of them are safe, smart, optimal, or downright useless? That's probably where the meta lies for that game. Yeah, there, there is a divide in the fighting game community, I've noticed, specifically. Um, you have the fighting game community that plays fighting games, and then you have the fighting game community that plays Super Smash Brothers, And they do not like each other at all from what it seems mm-hmm. fighting game community members like uh street fighter players tekken players uh you always see them hating on smash players saying that smash isn't a fighting game street fighter and tekken have very incredibly high technical ceilings um smash brothers in general not counting melee tech doesn't really have a high technicality ceiling or technical ceiling um which is kind of the argument that we we started with technical or technical skill versus game sense um 
the thing is like these fighting game players they are so in tune with their technical skill that once they're 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 at that high level now they're almost entirely relying on game sense because they've mastered technical skill there's a limit to that game sense mm-hmm. i don't feel has a limit and that's why i prefer fighting that way or i say fighting like i'm a real fighter playing that <laughs> way um but uh, you, you see them hating each other all the time, but I feel like it comes down to that very sense or that very question, technicality or or game sense. Um, I kind of told you where I lie. It's a personal feeling for me that, like, I think game sense makes for a better competitive game than technical ability. I think it causes a more interesting match for you know, the players, for the viewers, um, than just like, hey, I got really good at this game, and I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> yeah, it's more interesting for the viewer, too, because yeah. uh, as a viewer, you're getting in the heads of the players trying to anticipate what they're doing, much like their opponent is. Um, so when they surprise you and do something amazing, that's hype. That gets people excited. Um there's a very famous clip of, I think it's Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I could be wrong about the game, but it's a Street Fighter game. Um, it's a really old clip of a fighting match. I think it was like a semifinal round or something. And it comes down to like a sliver of health on, on one guy. The other one's playing as Chun-Li. And, you know, he uses Chun-Li's super, which has like a 16 to some crazy high number hit count. And dude perfect blocked every single hit so that he wouldn't take chip damage. He could have just blocked every hit, but he would have died from chip damage. But he perfect blocked every single hit of the combo because, first (laughs) of all, he anticipated what was going to happen. But he also had the technical skill to pull that off. And that was exciting to the the viewers. Um, So there's, there's different aspects to the question. But I feel like no matter where you go, you're going to get a little bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. Some games just play more to one versus the other. Uh, Logan, what what do you prefer on the spectrum of com- competition? Um, Super Street I mean, Fighter uh, or Street Fighter Three Third Strike, the full da- uh, Daigo Perry. That's what I was referencing, by the way. Um, you're referring to what technicality versus what game sense? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean. I, I think this is a no-brainer. I, I feel like if you are to fully enjoy and compete in any game, like you kind of have to give yourself over to the game sense. Uh, and the only way to do that effectively is if, again, you've mastered technique. Um, and so, like, for example, uh, in Rocket League, I still don't have a really strong air game, okay? And most people don't. Uh, one of the hardest things you could ever do in Rocket League um, is get good at, like, oh, I'm going to freaking rocket into the air, and this is going to go where I want it to, you know? Uh, you can't be completely accurate in Rocket League. That's just not the nature of the game, which, again, that kind of makes it fun, right? You don't have to be super precise. But uh, it does pay to kind of have a little foresight and be able to anticipate balls here i'm gonna fly up here hit this down uh so if i could get that out of the way and get really good at that and then also get good at changing in between the ball camera and the car camera uh, which is i think the the next thing that i would have to master if i was able to get those two down 
then I would just be able to focus on the game a little bit more, right? So I'd be able to anticipate actions and be able to perform uh, what I need to to get into the places uh, that I need to and be going as fast as I need to uh, and making sure that I have enough uh, boost to perform what I need to. Uh, and then all of a sudden, because I'm able to do all that and it's just second nature to be able to do all that, then it's all about the game. I'm two steps ahead of anybody else. And then you can't keep up, you know? Everybody knows what it feels like to just be able to like, get into a, to a match, any, any game, this Splatoon, uh, Rocket League, and just get trounced. Trounced. Because those guys are two steps ahead of you. Because they figured out all the stuff that you're still fiddling around with. If you if you hop into a new game and you start fiddling around with the controls and you're not really sure what you're supposed to do, like you're gonna lose. And the same 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 happens when you get to like that kind of higher uh, advanced techniques in the game. Which I mean, they teach you. You can they have the like, tutorials all really really great tutorials all in Rocket League. You know, so like if you wanted to, you could really really get down like how to control your vehicle and the the multitudes of uh different um you know just being able to perform well so overall i think we've kind of come to the conclusion that uh ultimately your game sense is going to win you the game but uh, if you don't have the technicality to back it up your game sense your game sense isn't going to do you any good anyway uh so your technic your technical skill is going to be that foundation and your game sense is going to win you the match. It's true. At least that's true. the way I see it. Um, yeah. So that, in the interest of time, we're going to move on. But uh, thank you, patrons, for suggesting those topics for this month. If you want to help suggest topics for the show, too, you can. Uh, if you donate at the $5 tier on Patreon, um, you can actually suggest the topic. And if you are a $1 Patreon tier, we will select those topics and you guys can vote on them. Um, we opted this time to do both of them because we, we only have two patrons. so it just... They're also pretty well related. They were similar questions. So so we might do that again in the future. Um, but uh, if you're interested in doing that, link to the Patreon is in the description of the YouTube video. Um, so moving on, we're into the news on the Nintendo Stuff Podcast, starting with what we always start with, the Super Smash Bros. Super Smash Bros. So Me the, Fighters. Yeah, the first thing of the week was Me Fighters on uh, July 22nd. You can choose from the three types of Me Fighter and select from a set of three specials for each type. You can also choose one of 12 voice options. Wow, I can't Ooh, believe we're seeing fancy. this in HD. Incredible. I mean, we saw them in HD last time, too. Um, wow, I can't believe we're seeing these in HD. Incredible. Again. So they changed the proportions of the Miis, um, but there's there's kind of one thing I wanted to hone in on this, and that's that I think that custom moves aren't coming back and that they will be exclusive to the Mii Fighters. I'm oddly okay with that. Pretty sure that's what's about to happen. Um, I don't know. It's just like... They don't insinuate to me that other characters will have custom moves available to them as well. Um, they might not be trying to. This might, you know, be something that Sakurai talks in a direct later. But uh, mm -hmm. as it is right now, I do not foresee custom moves coming back. Like I said, I'm pretty well okay with that. I, I didn't necessarily care for the Me Fighter moves in uh, Smash 4. I never quite got them to where they just felt right. There was too much customization for the Mii Fighters for me, because you could put equipment on them, which would change their base stats. Mm -hmm. 
which uh, obviously that makes a big difference with a character when you're controlling them. They felt really like slow and kind of clunky, so I never really, I liked the concept, but I could never actually like really work with them too well. I, I have a feeling like Sakurai, well, Sakurai probably definitely recognizes that issue, and I have a feeling like these Mies will be much more refined and at least more fun to play. <laughs> That's what I anticipate. That's the hope. I think they mentioned in the direct, uh, Sakurai mentioned that some of their moves have been changed. Um, so it's not like they just got ignored. There was some time put into their, their reintroduction into the Smash series. They needed it. But can we talk about the 12 voice options? Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing because you didn't have that in the original game. You just yeah. have the one. I mean, this is... <laughs> This is just reminiscent of a lot of Japanese games, right? Where you get to choose your voice at the very beginning. Which one sounds the most like Abraham Lincoln? This is just Monster Hunter now. This, this is Monster this Hunter. This sounds like Reggie. Yeah, could you imagine them just adding, you know... I imagine that they'll still... I think they'll be customizable still. Uh, because, again, that's just more content that they could release. Uh, the other characters like, or the Miis? No, the Miis. Okay. Um, because then you can just release a bunch of costumes for characters that aren't actually in the game. Was like they did. They did the Monster oh, yeah. Hunter. I fully anticipate and... costumes. Um, yeah. Be silly You're just not, not saying that it's like going to be equipment that's going to change stats and stuff. Right. Not that kind of stuff. Because yeah. uh, that's um, just too much. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be it'll be fun. I I think I anything I like just the idea. of uh having avatars to to manipulate being there doesn't change your experience at all <laughs> yeah if they play well then they're a great addition because then you can add anyone to smash brothers like elijah everyone's wood. in smash brothers exactly elijah. i definitely want to play as elijah wood that was the top of my list i want to play as reggie that's what Dream Drop says. He I'm, said he made me brawler if Reggie was a voice option. Yeah, they should I'm gonna play Goku Me Fighter and then go oh, thirteen Smash voice confirms. options with the thirteenth one being Reggie Fizome. All right, I have to go back to playing Animal Crossing New Leaf on my Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> that needs to be his victory screen speech. Uh, At the very oh least, if they, if they make it, if. They should add that as an option. If you have that voice and your me is named Reggie specifically, then that will be your victory screen. That'd be great. It'd be like that small Easter egg. The game should be shipped with like me's built in that are just like Nintendo developers and Reggie. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I would buy the heck out of a Reggie me amiibo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Day one. Um, moving on, incredible. today's stage, Great Plateau Tower. This is the tower everyone visits first in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The top part of the tower can be destroyed after taking damage, but will come back eventually. You can spot a certain old man in the background, watching over the match. Oh, I see him. Dad. I see the old man. He's right there. He's on the right side of the picture. watching me on top of the tower. Uh, so this looks like it was just ripped right out of Breath of the Wild for the most part, which is great because okay it looks that. good. Um, yeah, nice view of Death Mountain. Yeah, I love how vast it is too. Like, despite the game being more limited for being, you know, a, you know, it's a fighting game, you can still see quite the expanse of Breath of the Wild, uh, mm -hmm. Hyrule Castle in the background. Um, I like this stage. The one thing I really don't care for so much is the top part of the tower. It's kind of in the way, personally. 
But the fact that it can break is kind of cool. Well, I just that's don't what makes know. it different, man. I just I think the competitive players are going to shut this one down pretty quick. Oh, uh, probably. It's but okay it though, because Omega. Yeah, and Battlefield. We're, we're, we're fine. I we're mean. Fine. Even though they have Omega, they just count it as Battlefield. So if somebody strikes Battlefield, that's like 60-some, 80 stages that they're not going to fight on. Uh-huh. I can dream. Um, I'm hoping there's a hazard toggle version where the middle platform is just gone. Or the middle part is gone. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder, like, how detailed the hazard toggle is going to be. Like, wait, can I wait, play wait, it wait, with wait. the middle like, piece? Like, just the, just the platform in the center? Is that what you're saying? Well, when that part disappears, a new platform spawns that you can kind of face through. I want to yeah. fight on that with the hazard toggle. Okay. So then it becomes almost Battlefield. Well, I mean, there's no stage layout in the game that looks like that, from what I know. Um, well, right, but what I'm saying, it's like, oh, we just lost two other platforms, and then we moved the middle one down. And there yeah, but it helps mix up competitive play, because there's not a lot Variety of... Variety is the spice of life. Yeah. The more fight, like, oh, the more stages that they have to accumulate spice. to, the bigger wow. the meta gets, which I think is important. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I think it looks great. Uh, I can't wait to see She Says do a boundary break on this stage. Yeah, I anticipate that that will probably happen. Um, I'm wondering how close of a direct rip to Breath of the Wild it actually is. Or if it's custom made, not sure. Uh, Sandman says, I think the stage looks clean, but I haven't even played Breath of the Wild yet. You should do that. Um, you should do that. Moving on, today's music, you can now listen to the F-Zero medley. Takenobu mm. Mitsuyoshi, excuse me, arranged and also sang the song for this version. The medley consists of Death Wind, Fire Shield, or Fire, Death Wind, Fire Field, and perhaps more. Um, I might I, like F Zero music a lot. The fact this song has lyrics, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, uh, um, I've heard the Japanese version. Was the American listing of this also just sung in Japanese? I don't think so. Okay, because I'm not sure. Uh, Logan, you have some stuff to do with this song, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. I guess I should plug that. <laughs> so, actually, here's what I'm going to do. Is everybody listening? Is everybody watching right now and listening to what I'm saying? I'm not uh, watching because, or listening. No, not you guys. I'm talking to the audience. Thank you very much. So, what I'm going to need you to do is if I do not have this video up by Wednesday, you guys all need to berate me on Twitter, okay? At Locky Doves. Everybody in the Twitter. chat, you need to berate Logan Everybody on Twitter. In the chat. So, follow me on Twitter and berate me if I, it's not up uh, Even by if it is, Wednesday. Just do it anyway. But I'm going to do, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I'm doing, um, uh, but I, I will be doing a little bit of a piece about this little music piece for her so uh look forward to that later in the week so uh for those of you who are watching right now and playing the song in the background you can probably hear it a little bit i like this piece nope. um just excited to hear more music smash music is always good yeah there's uh, a lot of it um Seems like they've been releasing like one track a week towards the middle of the week, which has been kind of neat. Um, 
Moving on to the next day, July 24th, uh, Princess Peach's Castle, a returning stage from Super Smash Bros. Melee. Watch out for Bonsai Bill to come flying out of nowhere and explode. There are also red, yellow, and green switches you can press to make uh, exclamation point blocks appear. Try hitting them to get items. Uh, this stage's transformation into HD was really good. <laughs> this is supreme. Yeah. This is a. I, I think it might be one of the prettiest stages in the game right now, but all of the returning like melee stages look really nice. Yeah. This look is at, definitely up at, there. Look at textures. Like, such detail. Such detail. <laughs> it's really nice. And, it's uh, like painting. This is like one of the one of the stages with hazards and melee I actually enjoyed fighting on. Um, one of the things that I didn't like about it is that the left part and the right part of the stages, uh, the stage felt kind of cramped, but it almost looks like it's a little bit wider than it used to be, which is uh, good in my book. I could yeah. be making do that you know, up. I think, do you know what I think this means? I think this is... Super Mario 64 remake? Telling. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario 64 remake would be the best thing ever. Next to a sunshine remake. Stop your mouth. Stop running it. Stop it. Yellowgun, you stop. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. Uh, Man says he loves how the stage looks better than the castle in Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> they're, they're also trying to achieve very different artistic directions. Yeah, um, this really is very different. pleasant to look at, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, it's not even like... It doesn't even look that much like the castle from Super Mario 64. A lot of the details are just wrong. <laughs> but that's to make the stage functional. Um, but other than that, you know, it looks fine. I love it. Yeah, same. Looking forward to... This will probably be one of the stages I play without the hazard toggle turned on. It's uh, not like the hazards were that great. I mean, Bonsai Bill, if you get hit by it, you die. If I remember right. This is just a kill. Um, so that's cool. I can live with that, though. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to dodge. You can hear it coming, yeah. and it's really slow. Um, it's Usman not hitting. A, a super obnoxious hazard like some of the others. Ridley. Um, we got the Super Mario 64 remake on DS already. What are you talking about? Isn't that what you want? Nintendo. No. <laughs> Next day, Rob. He has two powerful projectiles, Robobeam and Gyro, along with a very effective recovery. The 1P color in the North American version of the game is a light gray, and the 2P is a red and white, but this is reversed in the Japanese version. Obviously, this is a reference to <laughs> Rob's colors um, related to the NES and Famicom releases in Japan and North America. Um, so in North America, this is a, kind of a neat detail, if you ask me. That's in North America, so awesome. he defaults to his NES color, and in Japan, he defaults to his Famicom color, which is really dope. I think in Brawl, he actually defaulted to his Famicom color, I want to say. And I think they did that because of the subspace emissary. When he makes his appearance, he shows up in his Famicom um, color. It 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 feels really good to see Rob in HD. Uh, it's the second time. <laughs> yeah the second whatever. time this happened this episode <laughs> uh the, the only real change that they've made is there's that meter on his chassis that mm-hmm. tells you how much recovery fluid you have left or energy or whatever yeah recovery fluid your lighter your blinker fluid you know your turn signal blinker <laughs> <Yeah>. fluid um <laughs> 
yeah other than that i've always thought rob was a really great character the way he's built um Mm-hmm. Seems to me like he's really good for newcomers. His recovery is really easy to use. He's got a two projectiles, actually. One that just auto-charges, um, and your the light on his head will blink when it's ready to fire. You can shoot that off. And then he's got the gyro, which is one of my favorite projectiles in all of Smash Bros. Definitely. I like Rob a whole lot. He's a great character. A lot of backlash when he was re- revealed in Brawl, um, but... Uh, it's obvious that since then people have gotten over it. <laughs> yeah, people can be wrong. They can be wrong. Um, and obviously the best post of the week, uh, Captain Falcon. Mm, girl. A fighter that possesses both speed and power. But in exchange, he is frequently left open. Being able to successfully land his neutral special, Falcon Punch, can greatly influence battle in multiplayer matches. It's Captain Falcon. He looks exactly the same, but it's also great. So there you go. This he's artwork, my, he's my main. This artwork so... is is, uh, is bordering on explicit. Like, do you see those muscles? He like, is that's chiseled. Unreal. That's I, unreal. I'm looking at his abs more closely than I ever have. <laughs> They're like, like just big blocks of square cheese. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's intense. I love Captain Falcon so. Wait, much. he has a gun on his hip. He's always had a gun on his hip. He's a bounty hunter. But he's he doesn't use it in the game. And? It's always well, been there. Have you seen him use Falcon Punch in the game, Logan? Why has he <laughs> never used it in the game? That's insane. Why doesn't why aren't any of his moves involving I'm now, I am now disappointed match. with Captain Falcon as a character. That said, Whoa, Captain Falcon was introduced. Captain Falcon is a bad character. Captain Falcon was introduced Logan, in the first Super Smash Brothers. So, and he's been a bad character this entire time. Well, they had to and play I, to the limitations of the system. I was call. just being open. I'll just ban him from the, the chat. Okay, I, I appreciate discovered it. the truth. That <laughs> said, Falcon's a bad character, and if any of you like him, Captain Falcon has always I, had a gun. We apologize for Logan. It's always been on his hip. Out there, go look at his other models. Wrong. It's been there quite often. Well, then why hasn't he used it? That doesn't make any because sense. Because they haven't. All the games they've made Nintendo's where supposed to make sense. have gotten canceled. Heck, They're working on it. Who are you? It's supposed to be the creator of Mario, not the confuser of Logan. Moving on to general Nintendo news. General uh, Nintendo news? The Metal Gear movie director has shared um, his ideas about a potential Legend of Zelda movie. And to quote him, he says, I think you have to find a way to very intensely fuse the pure, pure just sort of fantasy, the Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past. But then I think you need to find a way to incorporate the uh, newer pseudo-tech stuff, you know, the lasers and Tron lines that happen in the newer games, but in a way that's not overwhelming. Uh, the thing about Zelda is Zelda is not the Lord of the Rings, right? You cannot forget how quirky and bizarre Zelda is. I think you need to find a way to actually fuse the traditional Zelda and the very new Zelda. Um, so it's obviously that he's guy, talking about Breath of the Wild. Uh, so he's hmm. informed. Um, yeah. This guy, like, he, this last week he's going on about how he wants to make a Metroid movie. This week he's talking Legends. He wants to be the Nintendo Cinematic Universe, like, lead. I, I, I get that sense from him. And honestly, from what he said so far, I'd be okay with that. 
Yeah, it seems like he he very much knows what these game movies need to be about. He knows what the heart and soul of the games are at their very core. Um, And he wants to adapt that specifically to the big screen. Not a story that we've already been told, but uh, what Mm -hmm. the essence of the game is. And uh, that is definitely the right approach to doing this. Um, Like his idea. Don't give this guy your properties and some money. If you missed it, uh, we talked about this, I think, last week. Um, His concept for a Metroid film uh, was all about, you know, having Samus be isolated and alone and how to make that engaging. Yeah. Yeah. He's also making the Metal Gear movie, which he's been sharing concept art every day for the last 15 days, I think. Um, And it looks really good, by the way. Can't wait for that. Um, What was the name of the guy that used to do the movies, the game movies? He was just UA something? I know who you're talking about, but I cannot. He left the industry, wow. and he was the reason we got all those bad movies, because he just wanted to make oh. money. Yeah. Um, now we have people who are actually passionate. Yeah. So I, I feel, feel like, like this guy's going to go far. The, he just needs, like I said, some some properties and some money to make movies with the properties. You know he's only talking about this stuff out loud because he wants Nintendo to to look at him and consider him as an option. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can tell this guy wants to do the Nintendo Cinematic Universe, and I I honestly would be all for it. You know, let this dude try it, at least. I'm into it. Uh, the the Sandman says subspace emissary movie. I'm in the camp where if Smash Brothers ever becomes a movie, it should be animated. Um, yeah. Legend of Zelda, on the other hand, that I would like to see live action because I well, think I that feel could like be really cool. This dude should direct the animated Smash Brothers movie. <laughs> Figure yeah, out how to like, get too. part of that into uh, animated film. Yeah, this is uh, this is all very exciting. Yeah. We've got uh, Detective Pikachu coming out next year, which is technically the first in these this line of new Nintendo films, followed by Super Mario Brothers, probably the year after that. Um, at the very least, Super Mario Brothers will be out before the 2020 Tokyo Olympics um, and before the opening. And before we go to Japan? Before we go to Japan. Before the opening of Super Nintendo World. Uh, so, yeah. Super, 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 super. All really exciting stuff. Uh, moving on. <sighs> Team Squid won. We lost. Moving on. We won. We definitely won. Moving on. We were Team Squid. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right, Team Squid, you win. We won. Nintendo like takes said. legal action against two notorious Arizona-based ROM websites. Uh, it's been a long time since Nintendo's really like attacked piracy like this. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And I forget the reason why they specifically targeted these two websites. And my tabs not loading, so I can't tell you. I wish I would have actually read this, but uh, there's a slowpoke. It's, it's just it's allegedly the same, owned same by the stuff. same Arizona-based company. It's piracy. They wanted to shut it down. Um, they they want to. I feel like it depends on the ROMs and the situation. Like, if I still feel like it's important to have these of, like online. Um, yeah, there are certain games that just are no longer. You know, playable anymore because you know something happened and you know it preserves gaming history they're probably trying to nip the roms that are more current in the bud 
It's my guess. And that I'm okay Probably. with. If that was their goal, like, more power to them. Um, regardless, this is something that Nintendo has a lot more work to do if they ever want to actually quell. It might actually be impossible to quell. Who knows? Um, yeah. But to moving on, uh, Pokemon Let's Go has a new requirement system for challenging gym leaders. Uh, we've, we've known this for a while, but uh, it's become more recognized in media, so I guess we'll talk about it. Uh, you have there. There is a requirement to battle gym leaders. They might require you to have a specific Pokemon, or a Pokemon with a specific move, or a Pokemon of a specific type. And you cannot challenge them without having met that prerequisite um, before you battle them. Uh, a lot of people are not into this. For me, I'm a little indifferent on the whole thing. I I don't like it, but I don't hate it. It's mm-hmm. good for new players. I think it may have been better to to have this only for the first couple gyms and not all of them. Yeah. Um. So that's that's really all I have to say on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not opposed to it. I think it's a probably more or less meant to encourage players to um you know catch as many different Pokemon as you can because you never know what the requirement is going to be when you get to that next gym. Yeah. I mean, usually the theming for the gym once you're actually in the city um, is pretty clear what you're going to be facing. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. You know, I'm interested in seeing how all these changes affect Pokemon and how many people will be into it and how many people are going to hate it. We'll see. Yeah. I think it depends on how it's done, how specific it gets and whatnot. Yeah. Regardless, Nintendo's going to make a lot of money. So <laughs> you guys can suck it up. Buy the game if you want. Don't buy it if you don't want it. Uh, uh, speaking of don't buy it if you don't want it, Splatoon 2 trading cards will be releasing in Japan. Um, each pack will also include a wafer cookie inside as well. Dang it. <laughs> Being no, distributed these. by Bandai Candy. Um, there will be 25 cards in total to collect. That seems reasonable. I'm going to buy a ton and not open them. Uh, for being only 25 cards, there's not a lot of tradeability. It does make it seem more feasible, and they might actually make more money because of that. Who knows? Right. Uh, I'm not really into those kinds of trading cards. I like trading card games, um, but there's no game attached to this, so there's really no reason for me to collect. The only thing I want to collect with them, though, is the cookies, now that I know they exist. Yeah, Yeah, they do look nice. If you're just into collecting, like, this makes sense. So, if you like the aesthetic, uh, if you're a huge fan of splatoon and you just want more memorabilia and merchandise um yeah and obviously in japan this is releasing in japan uh so i imagine there's probably going to be a lot of kids uh you're gonna you know i I don't know how it works in japan but i imagine that that's would be the target you know demographic Mm. the younger generation (laughs) well splatoon is meant to target kids that's well, not necessarily yeah. who all bought it, but in Japan, right. actually, well, maybe yes, but not here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this fits into Japanese culture. I feel like this is just something. This is a scheme that already works there. You know, there there's there's gotcha machines there, blind buys, um, still super popular in Japan, and you know this fits the bill. So I see, mm-hmm. I understand. Um, moving on. You can now pre-order a Nintendo Switch Online subscription on Amazon. Don't do it yet. Don't do Don't it yet. Don't pre-order. 
there there is something specific about this I did want to talk about, and that's actually the design of the card. Because I saw people online berating the design of the card for not saying what the subscription gives you. Here's why I think um, they they actually nailed the card design. It's very big. It's bright red, and it's going to stick out like a sore thumb on the shelf. Someone's going to pick it up, flip it over, and look at all the information on the back where it's going to tell you everything that it does. Not on the front. I think it looks really slick. Yeah, yeah. I think it does too. I, I feel like this is just to grab your attention from the get-go, which is something – like if they had designs on it and characters and all that, it's just going to – it's going to get drowned in all of the other cards that are yeah. on the shelf already. This is going to stick out. Is good design. So uh, don't pre-order. Nintendo, given that this is happening, it's probably – we're probably not that far away from actually learning the rest about Nintendo Switch Online. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a direct sometime next month or early September detailing the rest of uh, the information we don't know, such as the other 10 games that we're going to get with the uh, the classics line. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's – Yeah, I would, I would wait until you know exactly what you're getting to even – I mean, it's only it's 20, only bucks, 20 bucks. bucks. If this was Germany, <laughs> you couldn't cheap. even. And remember, if you do the family group, you and eight people can join up together, or you and seven other people, excuse me, um, can join up together and split the cost of $35 a year, and all of you get it for one year, and all of the online features. Um, it's kind of a good deal. As soon as we find out exactly how that works, we'll be in good shape. But it looks it looks like you just have to all be in the group on the Nintendo account system on the website. They've made it pretty simple to do. Um, so if you're worried about pricing, after it comes out, investigate that. Find some people to jump in with and get the price down. 2019, Paul? Says Dream Drop. Uh... Nintendo applies for Hogan's Alley <laughs> trademark in Japan. Could this mean uh, the NES Classic makes a comeback? Uh, didn't the NES Classic already make a comeback? One thing, this is a specific NES game. It, it's not NES Classic. It is a classic NES game. Oh, okay. Um, this was one that I'm pretty sure, like, when you read the article, they mentioned that, like, the character appears in the new uh warioware game and so i'm guessing that's why they renewed the uh well, trademark i mean i guess it wasn't anything like hey we're making a new These... game from this don't the characters from hogan's alley appear in duck hunt's moveset and smash bros that's his down b that too you're probably right so there's reasons why they why you would want to keep yeah character so from hogan's alley shows up and then the uh, the shooter behind the the game camera uh, shoots them, and that's what deals damage with his down B. Oh, right, right. So I think that might be what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, Moose Man's asking if he can be on our Nintendo Online. I'll Patreon you my eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, but I think we're at capacity. But I appreciate your gusto there. <laughs> um, maybe our fans can all get in a group together. There you go. The break room the arcade family group. There you go. The family. I don't think that's how Patreon is supposed to work. <laughs> that's eight dollars a month. That you would be paying us way more than uh, you would need to for that. Um, let's see. Uh, Nintendo Labo vehicle kit revealed, launching September fourteenth. Yes. I like how quickly 
we see the reveal to the turnaround of the actual release like a month and a half later yeah mm -hmm. it's pretty cool I like the release date it's a good day yeah it's a good day isn't it paul you yeah. like that one don't you yep it's a real good day mm-hmm but also, like, I, I didn't watch the video for this. I just looked at the picture. But even I was like, oh, man, like, if this actually had a game attached to it, I'd probably buy this one. I looked a little bit at the video, and it almost seems like some kind of free-roaming game with uh, different vehicle types. Mm -hmm. It actually looks kind of cool. Um, yeah. I'd like to investigate this one a little bit more. And as they get to these more specified Toy-Con kits... Uh, I think the games that are attached to them are actually going to be better. I think that's why mm -hmm. this one maybe wasn't part of that initial sweep. Because it's, it's just a steering wheel, right? Just the vehicle? I don't, I don't think it is. No, I think it's no, also it's a, a steering uh, joystick. Wheel. There's uh, a, um, I think even like a shifter. There's a joystick. Well, okay, so in the, in the trailer it shows you, uh, depending on where you're putting the, uh, the Joy-Con, uh, I think if you click car, on this, the picture uh, shows a, all the there's different. There's a pedal. Yeah. Click uh, on the. There's article. a joystick yeah, for when it. you get into like a plane and you're flying around. So this this feels very um. What's what's uh, what am I looking for? Um, pilot wings. This feels very pilot wings. The actual game. The actual game feels the, the, very, very The violent. screenshot that they're showing here in this, this like, uh, stock photo, um, that is a very big-looking world. So I, I definitely yeah. see that Pilot Wings uh, comparison. Is that, that Death Mountain? Just, I might actually, like, like a... be interested enough to pick this up. I don't know. Well, uh, look at all like the different sandbox. stuff you get in this kit. Like, just imagine all the different uses you could have just in games around this. Yeah, I, I can feel like see this definitely have a lot of uses. Yeah, actually, this uses. this looks pretty full. Looks like they got different game modes, and you weapons on the vehicles and Mario yeah, Kart well, int, is... uh, interaction, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. No, this is when, this is. They this can is make really a Power cool. Rangers Turbo game, and I can shift into Turbo Gear. Dream Drop says, "When does Labo support for Senran Kagura come out, though?" Oh no! This is a PG Stop. show. Thank you. Somebody ban him! Somebody ban him! He's a mod, he, so he can, mod. he can ban himself. <laughs> ban yourself. Uh, if you want to try out Nintendo Shit. Labo, they're having a tryout on this. Actually, this weekend on July twenty eighth. Um, Okay, looks like Buy. from 12 to 3 p.m. You can check out the list of stores that are being supported. Uh, so, like, if you don't want to just go right out and buy one, you can uh, you can get a little time with it. Um, put some stickers on it. Yeah, put some stickers on it. Uh, Switch retail game sales in Japan for this year have surpassed the 5 million mark. Congratulations. That's pretty good. Congratulations. 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 Yeah. Um, my favorite piece of first-party news this week, Super Mario Orchestra Concert is has been announced for Japan. That's taking place in September, mm. right? Um, Amen! And the, I want this to come stateside. The, the name of the concert is Bowser is the Hero, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> I want this to come to... Come stateside, and I want to go see it and weep profusely 
until I can't cry anymore because that's what it would do to me. Because I'd, I'd hear like dire, dire docs or something like that. I absolutely loved Symphony of the Goddesses, um, but that's mm-hmm. all like very epic music. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be such a variety of styles, very bouncy, Probably sometimes a lot of slow. Big band stuff. A big band for sure, like Super Mario 3D World and uh, Super Mario Odyssey. The mm-hmm. very jazzy, big band soundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't mm-hmm. wait to like be there in person i've wanted the nintendo big band to have a show here in america where i can see it for a long time um but this is equally as good if not better so i'm very excited yeah. for this to come to america yeah this please is cool. come to america <laughs> uh dream drop says as someone who's seen symphony of the goddesses twice i'd see this even more uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> i also saw pokemon symphonic evolutions and uh also a great show, but nothing would beat like a Super Mario Brothers concert. That's like top tier for me for game music. Um, still miffed I never got to see those Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy concerts, but I guess life be like that. Was it the Kingdom Hearts concert this month sometime? I want to say it was. It was playing close enough to me that I actually considered going. Um, but it was like $80 a ticket, I think. It was pretty expensive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. Um, so that's it for first party news for the most part. Um, let's see. Dress up as Link when Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate arrives on Switch this August. Why do I feel like we talked about this already? Because we did talk uh, about it. Because we definitely talked you about it. You mentioned that you didn't necessarily Brandon, want to we talk about it. almost all this stuff, like, during the week. So, you know, I can only handle so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can be Breath of the Wild Link, uh, actual just like regular old link from twilight princess i think the design is pulled from uh you get a bow as well as the master sword and the hylian shield um there's also a toon link palico outfit and i think i'm missing something because there was quite a bit that's the majority of it so for the most part it's just armor and gear just like all the crossover content monster hunter always gets um the monster hunter games on the nintendo platforms have a lot of nintendo crossover content uh, i think there's also a marth outfit in this game um samus and i think zero suit samus too there's a lot so if you like nintendo you got a lot here yeah i'm excited to see how this game does uh specifically uh with the success and current popularity of monster hunter world so I think there's going to be a lot of people who played that game that are going to try this game out just to see. Yeah. Uh, So I I hope it does well because, you know, more Monster Hunters is always a good thing, even though we don't always have time to play. (laughs) So. so All I had to do was put Monster Hunter on the case and I was going to buy it. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely going to purchase this game at some point. We will be Uh, streaming this game also, by the way. What? We will also be doing live streams of this game because we want to oh, play it and we want you guys to watch. So, um, look forward to that. Yeah. Um, really this comes out late next month, I want to say, August 28th or something like that. Yep. Um, if you are interested in Monster Hunter and have never played Monster Hunter before, go watch some videos over on uh, Gaijin Hunter's channel. He's probably the best source for Monster Hunter for new players. Um, this game is not like Monster Hunter World. This will be the toughest nails Monster Hunter that most Monster Hunter fans are used to. Um, so my advice 
is to play this game with someone who has played Monster Hunter before and have them kind of guide you through the experience. Or you can watch yeah, us and learn through that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in World, they explain there's also a lot of things. One slot in, in this four party of four that has not been filled. So maybe you'll even get to play with us. Who knows? Um. With that, we'll move on. Bethesda says they have to change the way they approach uh, single-player games. Um, that doesn't mean that we should keep doing things the way we did five or ten years ago. We've got to continue to change how we approach it. Um, they didn't really detail much in regards to that, but uh, we're yeah, going to be hard to I detail mean, until you have an example of how you're changing it. This is like with everything, Fallout right? 76. So, especially with some uh, a medium as young as video games you know there's still so much room for improvement yeah uh whether they are talking about how uh they approach it in terms of uh the design or the development uh, obviously nintendo is already doing this uh but they don't they don't i mean they talk about it but they don't talk about it and so we gotta change it up man it's like no they you know they see certain needs and they want to create a certain type of game and so they asked themselves, what's the most effective way to design this game? And then now it's how we got Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at Breath- what Breath of the Wild did, and it's that's what this that's what Bethesda is doing. They're like, oh crap, but that like let's innovate. Yeah, so let's let's approach this differently. Like, how are we designing these things, and how are we changing it to? to progress the medium and make experiences that haven't been made before that can be made now based on the fact that the uh, the hardware that we're using is so much better uh, and the different peripherals we all have, you know, we have VR and so that's a whole new experience. Uh, so I could see some, some solo VR stuff from Bethesda in the near future that isn't just a, a port or something um a reworking of a pre-existing ip yeah definitely um i'm interested in seeing what they do uh single player games still have a very big place in my my gaming career i'd say overall solo (laughs) games and single player games are my bread and butter um I love playing multiplayer games. I love playing games with you guys. Um, But overall, like, I grew up playing single-player games because, you know, I was kind of in the household by myself, didn't really have anybody around that played games. So that's how I was raised. So I'd be kind of sad if single-player games were ever to leave or didn't evolve. Um, Mm -hmm. Super Mario Odyssey, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, bless both of you, 10 out of 10, every time. Um, So, yeah. Uh, speaking of single-player games, Japan Square Enix once again apologized for Octopath Traveler shortages. They sold through 90%, 90% of their initial shipment. That's really good. Um, yeah. They so you, definitely weren't expecting this game to be as big as it did. Yeah, they're like they're selling a lot more than they expected. They've been pleasantly surprised. They, I think they even put out a video like thanking the gamers for like attaching to the game the way they did it's like they didn't realize they were putting it on the nintendo switch it prints money guys it kind of yeah, does this is kind of the perfect <laughs> game aesthetically uh and I, I it's i think it um it kind of itches that uh 
scratches that nostalgia itch. That Final Fantasy VI itch right. that we don't have. So there's a lot of people, again, who are, okay, I'm, oh, I got a Switch because I can actually play video games now. You know, I can take it to work. And all of a sudden you get, um, you know, a fan- Final Fantasy-style-esque uh, RPG, you know, that's also really, really different and pretty. Uh, that looks mature, but then it's still got that old school vibe. I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect. Like, I I want this game so bad, and I would I would play it on the go. This Dream is Drop just, says perfect. Uh, Dream Drop says I'm so glad Octopath Octopath is doing so well. They always throw their turn-based RPGs to their B teams or whatever in favor of the new heavy action games, but people love the classic style even today. So I'm glad they're waking up now. Uh, yeah. I think even, like, before this game, they put out a more traditional-styled RPG on mobile platforms. Um, I remember hearing about that. I don't know how well or not well it was received. Um, but that's not to say they haven't been making these games. Uh, t- I would say that this game is kind of like a spiritual successor to the Bravely Default games, because the gameplay is very similar, and I'm pretty sure they're made by the same team. Um, and those games were on 3DS, and two of them, in fact. Uh so I, I don't think this is a genre that's going to die anytime soon. Uh, Mooseman says Octopath would have been perfect if they didn't take out some bravely default, <laughs> bravely default features like auto battle and encounter rate adjustment. Yeah, those are features I heard about on the 3DS version that actually were very close to getting me to buy the games. Auto battle for one, super good idea. Um, the game just kind of plays itself. If you're not like, if you don't want to sit there and grind, you can just let the game take care of that for you. So you can only play it when you're there for the meat of the experience. Um, and then, if you just want to like get from point A to point B, you can turn the encounter rate all the way to zero and just walk to your destination, and not have to worry about it. Those are good features for JRPGs. Those are the kinds of things that actually keep me from playing them. Um, the reason I'm getting through Xenoblade is because it's very easy for me to just say, no, I'm not doing that battle. I'm just going to keep going. Um, just keep walking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it would be nice if those kinds of features were there. That's not to say they can't patch them in later. They were very responsive and very receptive to that initial demo. Uh, so I think they're going to keep patching the game and trying to try to achieve a perfect balance for those kinds of things. Um Moving on, Sonic Mania Plus becomes the highest-rated Sonic game in 25 years. That's pretty impressive. I still need to finish it. Uh, I still need to buy it. It's, it's not even a it's long cheap. game. Like Sonic, those Sonic games are never long. Uh, I put, I beat it in like five hours, and that yeah, was with like me not. going into a second save with a different character configuration and doing it again. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, Sonic Mania Plus has Ray and Mighty and adds a couple new modes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, for original owners of the game was just a $5 DLC. Right. Really cheap. Um, mm-hmm. Good stuff. So uh, if you like Sonic, like classic Sonic, if you haven't played Sonic Mania yet, what are you doing? <laughs> this game was made for you. <laughs> so do that. Um and then last thing, uh, Taiko no Tatsujin just this morning got officially announced for international release. Taiko, Taiko no Tatsujin. Um, so if you saw our video earlier uh, this week, uh, I did an unboxing of the drum controller and did a demonstration using the game's main theme to show you kind of 
you know how it all works um, mm-hmm. This game will be coming out in the West officially on November 2nd. So if you want to avoid kind of the import process for the drums specifically, because you can just buy the game on the eShop, um, maybe wait so that you don't have to go through the headache I'm currently going through with my Play Asia order for my first drum, which still yeah. has not left Japan. I do think that it's interesting that they are marketing this game in the West as Taiko no Tatsujin. Yeah, no one's going to know what that means. So that's a yeah, interesting I mean, play. I mean, other than there's a drum session and drum and fun, yeah. and there's the drum in the background. So um, it's not like the marketing's horrible, but I, mean, I just thought it was interesting uh, because it it takes a lot for uh, a game with a title like that to you know achieve success in the West. You know, it, it's almost. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to me like they are definitely marketing taiko no tatsujin to current fans of taiko no tatsujin they're just going to push this game out to the people they already know want it um, right. and i have a feeling you know since this because of the south asia release um southeast asia release which has which is in english um i feel like just because they already did the localization they were like let's just push it out to other regions let the people who want it buy it probably going to be mm-hmm. low shipment is my guess right um and just make a little bit more money. And that way, people like me don't have to, you know, import my drum from another country. And If they haven't done it already. And have it well, this disappear. this is an interesting case where, like, how much is this going to spread word of mouth now that it's available? How many people are going to, you know, pick it up because they know it and like it, and then, you know, hey, you guys can get this too. Paul, you're back to your deep mode. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. This... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, bringing Tycho out here is just going to give it exposure, which is something that, uh, say, you know, Monster Hunter has had a lot of trouble doing. Uh, yeah. But just getting it out there, putting it on a system like Nintendo, which has a wider chi- uh, childlike audience, um, just puts it in more hands, gets it more recognized, and eventually Tycho might even be as popular here as it currently is in Japan. Well, this is definitely one that I had never heard of until you got er- displayed interest in started talking about it i would have never heard about it otherwise yeah i mean i think we have a couple arcade machines for the game here um but i don't think any of them are localized i think they're literally just the japanese arcade machines uh imported and brought here um so yeah i'm very happy that this is finally happening there's only one other taiko no tatsujin game that even has come out in the west and that's taiko drum master the name that I expected it to adopt when it came here, but it didn't. Um, and that game did really poorly. And part of the reason is because, like, much of the Japanese songs from the original game, due to licensing issues, were not in the American release, and they replaced it with American Pop. Um, and for a game like Taiko no Tatsujin, where you're playing on a Japanese instrument, you kind of expect to be playing Japanese music. I mean, <laughs> that's part yeah. of the appeal of Taiko no Tatsujin in the first place. Um, and it looks to me like the Western and international release of Taiko no Tatsujin Drum and Fun and Drum Session, they're actually, it looks like they're retaining the Japanese track lists. I think they somehow made that happen. Uh, so, well, that remains to be seen, but I think they did it. And if they didn't, you can still just buy the Japanese version on the eShop. And so then go much, to your store and buy your drum in store now. <laughs> so they're banking on all the weebs, right? Yeah. I mean... All the weebs are me. coming through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Like, I've already been looking for a Donchan plushie, because I really want one now. He's pretty cute. He's really adorable. Um, let's see. Uh, Mooseman's mentioning that uh, the drum, Donchan, was in Mario Kart 8, uh, Arcade. And, uh, yeah, we talked about that uh, in a previous episode, I think. Um, mm-hmm. He's in one of the Mario Kart Arcade GP Legends. Or not GP Legends. That's an F-Zero game. Mario Kart <laughs> Arcade GP. He's in one of those versions because those games were developed in uh, co-production with Bandai Namco. That's why I think Donchan should be in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Probably as an assist trophy, if at all. Uh, Please? No, I think Donchan is a girl. Um but it's very ambiguous because Donchan is a drum. <laughs> uh, Mooseman um, also said it was only a matter of time. Most Japanese Switch games get put in the American eShop. No kidding. There are 100% Japanese adult star games in the eShop with zero translations. Um, also says, uh, Mooseman also says it'll sell. Kids like my little brother like the drum character. Um, and yes, uh, Chan, well, Chan doesn't mean girl, but Chan is attached to names for young children, typically girls. Um, it's, it's not like a set in stone thing, but that is generally how it works, but only for young children. I'm watching gameplay of Don Chan in Mario Kart. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting. I posted the... uh, the Wow, Moose Man, that's a little much for our show. Um, That said, I love Taiko no Tatsujin, and I'm going to keep talking about it, because that's that's the only game of Switch I played last week. Um, Wow, you played a game for Switch this week? I did. Sponsor us, Taiko no Tatsujin. I I love you. (laughs) Um, Brandon's your word of mouth. So while I don't have the first drum I ordered, I got the second drum I ordered in three days flat. So uh, I've been playing the game with that. These drums have had a bad reputation in Japan for not being good for like the past 15 years. And now suddenly they are fantastic and they work as intended. So don't be afraid of buying a drum now. Don't listen to the people on Reddit. They don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) By and large, the drum seems to be fixed. Um yeah, I'm still enjoying playing it. I've, I'm right now. I'm going through and trying to get a gold clear or a full clear on all of the easy and normal versions of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a meter in the game that slowly builds up as you accumulate points and you know land drum hits. Um, I think once you hit seventy percent of that meter, the song is counted as clear. Um, but if you hit every single note in the song all of them and you don't miss a beat um you get a full clear and you get a gold crown for that so that's currently my goal is to go through and get gold crowns on easy and normal and then eventually try and do that for hard and oni oni means demon in japanese by the way um that's the highest difficulty level wow in the first game or i think it may have been the second game the oni difficult used to be called donderful so like (laughs) donchan and wonderful (laughs) I kind of missed that one, to be honest. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. There's DLC for Taiko no Tatsujin coming out the day that the English patch releases for the Japanese version. Uh, five Studio Ghibli songs. There's going to be a song from Castle in the Sky, two songs from Kiki's Delivery Service, one from My Neighbor Totoro, and one from Ponyo. 
Um, and there's already a Totoro song in the game, so there will be now two Totoro songs in the game. Um, let's see. Dream Drop says, Bandai Namco kind of just sponsors Breakroom Arcade. Like, shout out to one of the two people in North American who play, or North, North American, in North America who play this. Uh, Moose Man says, my bad, Dream Drop. I'll be cool, kid friendly. That's right. Um, kidding. Haha, <laughs> I'm getting on Taiko vibes soon enough. Uh, yeah. If you like rhythm games, try out Taiko. Like, I plan to this weekend. Yeah. I, yeah, we'll do that, Paul. It's really fun. <laughs> high very very high skill ceiling go on youtube and just look up somebody playing taiko and pick one of the ones that has like 10 million plus views and you'll see what i'm talking about i it's was showing crazy. a demo to my coworker gary and he just like walked away because <laughs> it's like like i can't even and he just walked off the game actually gives me ocean sickness on the higher difficulty levels because the notes mm. come by so fast i get dizzy oh, yeah so be warned, I guess. Um, but that's it for me. I didn't play anything this week. Okay. It's been busy. All right, then that's you, Logan. Yeah, uh, the only thing I played on my Switch this week was Rocket League. I played a lot of Rocket League. I'm still playing around a lot of Rocket League. Uh, if you guys like Rocket League, guys should have me on Switch, and we should play some Rocket League together because uh, I play a lot of Rocket League, especially... Uh, when I just have downtime, though I might be pretty busy this weekend making videos. Uh, so just hit us up in the Discord. Uh, join our Discord if you haven't. I know a lot of you guys are already in the Discord, and start some conversations in there. Um, what games do you like? All that good stuff. A uh, quick tangent. Um, Dream Drop says, "Hey Brandon, what's the acronym for Breakroom Arcade? I think we should change that." Um, and I said, yeah, you, that doesn't read too well. B-R-A, um, or bra. bra. There we go. Just add the second letter into each one. Bra. Is that an H out there? Bra. 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 I was going to say the B-Arcade. The B-Arcade? Yeah. The Brandon Arcade. The Brandon Miracle bra Arcade. Arcade. Wow, man, add your, add your last name to that. Make it real f all about you. Yeah, I mean, I gotta make it fancy. Um, Brandon Rogan Anderson Arcade. Rogan? <laughs> anyway, Logan. Yeah, no, I mean, that's it. I played a lot of Rocket League. Actually, I do have something to say about this. I was playing earlier, and I was having a really tough time, okay? And so I was like, okay, I want to have an easy time. So I'm going to turn off crossplay, and I'm just going to play against other Nintendo Switch owners. Uh, and I couldn't get into a 3v3 match. It just didn't happen. I was like, is, the, is nobody playing right now? Um, and so I just turned everything on. Like, I selected all the modes. I was like, okay, throw me into a match. And it put me into, like, 1v1s, right? So I was just doing 1v1s with other Nintendo Switch owners earlier today. And um, it's really easy to see who the better players are when you're playing 1v1. <laughs> um, because for most of that stuff, I was killing it, right? Just killing it. I was getting, like, six, seven goals in any any match. Um and then there was one though that I was up against a veteran, and he he smoked me. 
smoked me like seven to zero. It was really sad. Uh, and that was Ouch. one of those moments where I was like, how can I play this better? And so uh, by the end of the, the five minute match time, um, I was, I, I had a few saves in there and I was setting myself up better and I was watching closely to see what he did and what, uh, the techniques there are. So one of the things they'll do is like, okay, so, uh, something to note is that re there are five starting spawn positions, right? And on each team, no matter how many players, there's always you're always mirrored, right? So if somebody's in the way back, there's gonna be somebody on the other team in the way back. And that's the same for like the duel. So you're always in the same like place. So say if you're in the middle, you're in the middle, if you're on the sides, you're on the sides. Uh, so you have like an equal chance of getting to that ball first. So, but what happens is if you're in the back position, sometimes what players will do is they won't go for it on the first hit. So if you go for the first hit and they're able to stop it, what happens is you hit it, you go through it, right? And now your goal's open, right? Straight back, and it goes towards your goal, and all of a sudden you have to go chasing back after your ball. That happened twice to me. Uh, one of those games I won because I didn't let him do it too many times. Uh, the other one was the one where I just got smoked. Uh, but even like the the kick off per se is you know it's there's a lot going on there you have to really think about okay how am i going to come in at the ball uh sometimes they won't come at all and if you hit it nicely it just glides right into the goal i got a few of those today um i really like rocket league everybody should play rocket league uh, you probably know what rocket league is at this point um but yeah that's that's what I did on my switch this week. <laughs> uh, to answer the question in the chat, we're, we're relating to the acronym for our name. How about we just call it B-Raw? B-Raw? I don't... I, yeah, that works. Put it like an apostrophe in between B and R. B or you guys could just stop being immature and just... I've recognized this as an issue for a long time. I just never we brought it up. We need to add an H to the end of it, and that's bra. Bra. Or we could capitalize on Bruh. this, and if we get a large enough female, thanks family, for watching. We can Bruh. merchandise. <laughs> Friends are like shows over. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to like I was reading back the chat. I only play Metroid <laughs> Blast Ball. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that's our show for this week. Um, that was our first Patreon topic special episode. If you want to get in on that, click on the Patreon link in the description. And uh, the $1 and $5 tiers are the ones you're going to want to look at to how uh, you can get involved. Um, Dream Drop Sora, who's currently in the chat right now, he is the one who submitted the question about combat in esports. Um, and our other patron, Devin, is actually moving right now, so he wasn't able to watch this live. Um, He'll watch it back later, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. So if you want to get involved and you want to <laughs> submit a topic for us to talk about on the show, once a month we'll do a Patreon episode. Uh, click that Patreon link, figure out how to get involved. If you want to talk with us, hang out with us, we have a Discord server. There's a link to that in the description as well. There also are follow us on Twitter. Yeah, follow us on all of our social media, Breakroom Arcade, everywhere. I'm at Bababs on Twitter, Logan's at Logidos, Paul at Kenny Soros. But if you join our Discord server, you'll notice 
that there will be some private Discord rooms that you don't have access to unless you are one of our cool patrons. So, more incentive for you. Um, if you liked what you saw here tonight and you're not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button to find out when we're going to be live next. We do our shows Mondays and Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Um, I'm going to keep teasing that episode with Roger's Bass. He is just a very busy guy. I was in one of his streams a couple days ago, and uh, he said uh, probably a couple more weeks because he's he's catching up on a lot of stuff. He, he actually he's moving, moving too. Yeah. Yeah, then... I mean, let the dude let the dude get settled by all means, you know. Yeah, he's got some time. We have uh, another special guest that will be on sometime in September. We'll tell you who that is a little bit closer to. You will not want to miss that, by any means. Um, that's going to be a, a real good time. It's juicy. It's, it's a juicy, juicy one. Yeah. Um, and don't worry, Snow. If you can't support us through Patreon, we are just happy that you're here supporting us as creators, just in general. So we love mm -hmm. you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, like this video if you liked it. Subscribe if you haven't. Please rate us on our podcast sources. It always helps us out, specifically on iTunes. Um, so with that, don't break your back. Break in the games. I hit a button. And for now, <laughs> now, break time's over. We'll see you later.